five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Well, as usual, I try to get uh, industry experts on the show every now and then, but it's a little hard to do that live. In fact, it's darn near impossible. So Steve Falk and I had a nice chat, and I'm going to give you some of the high points of it. Steve has a great background, starting really young, uh, doing doing a male business and so you know again a lot of fun a lot to agree on I told him I'm gonna pick on him on a regular basis because he does one-minute videos and when you do a one-minute video there's got to be stuff left out because you can't cover the whole thing and so I'll just cover the stuff he leaves out as if he didn't even know what he was talking about he laughed anyway so here it comes Steve Falk and I think you really enjoy it I'll put a link down below so you can Reach out to him if you think uh, you're interested in, in what he's talking about. Really exciting stuff. In the 90s, I was big, big stuff. And then the Internet came and everybody hired people with 10 seconds of, of experience in anything and said that it was all going to be different. So you had to get a web expert. And, of course, I'd built more websites than most of them. But that didn't matter. So I said, mail is going to come back. It's never going to go away. But then I got like, less. What I say is like my, like most things, stuff goes through transformations. But usually, the very best quality aspects of any communication tool, you know, done by the very best people with for the best with the best results, that that remains. And the crappy stuff deserves to go away. <laughs> well, right, and that's where I'm basically at now. Yeah, I get it. You're you have that basic message, you know, and it's good. So, I agree. I line up as you as you can probably imagine. The two of us are are uh, talking the same thing, basically. So well, it's nice to see a fellow uh, disciple of the direct mail world out there. Well, my Tell latest you. thing, as you may have, you know, I didn't mean to pick on anybody, but I kind of do that every day. Um, was that the worst thing you could do is sell mail, um, because mail as a as an exercise, you know, one failure and people will quit these days because they, you know, because they're just giving it a shot. And with basically skewed attribution, where they give credit to any time you've ever visited their website, you know, they'll give it, they give all the credit to that, um, and and have no knowledge of how to give causal uh, force to that to the attribution. In that kind of world. Um, you'll get a test and that'll be about it. But what we need to be selling is how mail fits into the um, the scientific method, you know, of direct marketing. That's where I'm kind of going now. Yeah, you know, um, I, 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 I totally would agree. I mean, I reiterate constantly that um, people don't test enough in direct mail. Right. I mean, it's so foolish. Uh, there's no, there's no self-respecting digital marketer who would assume that they knew out of the gate how th something was going to work. So what they do, because it's relatively inexpensive, of course, is test four or five, six dozen scenarios, put it in front of a few tens of thousands, if not more, people, and see which sticks, and they know pretty quickly, and then. They, they narrow it down in, in direct mail. People go 
oh, I think I know what this is, and then they try it once, and then it doesn't work. <laughs> right, exactly. And so that's kind of my my mission yeah. now is to try to educate people away from trying mail into testing and understanding. Yeah, yeah like uh, it's it, if you're trying to talk to somebody who's been doing direct mail for 15 or 20 years, really the hardcore direct mail people are the worst ones to convert. I'm, I'd much rather us find a new crop. Well, yeah, my hope is that the dot-coms start to realize the how mail fits in that. I'm not sure, you know, but I, I'm rereading Scientific Advertising um, by Claude Hopkins, and, you know, in there he basically says if you're trying to convert people to a new use of something or a new view, it's almost impossible. And, uh, like he's, uh, the illustration is, if you're trying to convince people to use toothpaste, now, you know, this is written in the 20s, so maybe yeah. that, in those days it wasn't a thing, but <laughs> I don't know what the usage was. But he said, if you if you manage to achieve it, even if you do manage to achieve it, you're only going to benefit one sliver of the t- toothpaste market. So you're benefiting your competitors as much as you're benefiting yourself. And so I've quite figured out how to promote direct marketing and not, you know, and it, it's a difficult puzzle to put that together. I'm going to promote it anyway. Till yeah. I die. You know, I, I feel like um, the way I try to line it up, and I, and I do that when we do marketing campaigns here too, is I have a spreadsheet and it says, here's the idea that I'm trying to promote. And, and, and in each column, here's the channels that I'm going to use to promote it. And and so I've got, you know, phone, uh, social media, LinkedIn, social media, Instagram, social media, Facebook, social media twitter uh then i'm gonna am i i'm gonna have a landing page for sure and i'm gonna have uh video maybe and then i'm gonna have direct mail and, and then i'm gonna say well who are the target audiences for each of those so any message now has all these columns mm-hmm. and you know i think a digital marketer thinks like that they just don't add direct mail to the columns yet and and why? Because they, they think mm, kind of slow or mm, Very slow. I'm not sure how, how I can measure it. And uh, it sounds to me like a different skill set than anybody I have here. But when I line it up, I'm like, and the graphic designer is creating this form factor call to action image. And it's got to be like long and skinny for, for Twitter and long and this for link and that and postcard like that. Like it's the same process. I don't think of direct mail as being a thing. It's just one of the channels. Well, that's a pretty common view these days. I'm, I spent about a year thinking about, because I was a pioneer in machine learning and AI. So my clientele has been big catalogers, uh, big drops, half a million at a pop. And, and for 25 years, I've been doing, um, machine learning we started with the Hudson Bay that was our first one in 94 and I've made it work and Cabela said that we made them 2.4 million the first drop so that's real money right and I read in Gartner you know that 87% of AI projects don't even get to ROI and I think wow why 
why was it that I've been able to do it and they can't? And the, the, the simple answer is that AI needs a labeled data set. It needs, it needs to know of the people that saw it, those that bought and those that didn't. And the advantage that mail has is that it's got 100% engagement. I argue that mail has 100% engagement and of that, some buy and some don't. But that gives you the labeled data set. Like, you know, when they taught Watson to play Jeopardy, they had 127,000 right and wrong answers or right answers. What we've been doing with some customers, it's my recommended way to proceed when they're trying to get a digital marketer to do direct mail is I label a data set. So I say, okay, what are you doing now? That's great. Here's all your digital channels. Give me a percentage. Let's call it 50%. And uh, and 50% of what right. the people who would normally get these are now going to get my additional mail piece. Like a, like a holdout sample. It's Yeah, exactly. And, right. and, and so then all you do, uh, you know, if it's um, retail e-commerce, just say, all right, so our test lasts three months. At the end of three months, because we know that people get a piece of mail and they hang on to it for anywhere from 15 to 25 sure. days. So at the end of three months, we total the total uh, revenue that you got from group A and then total revenue from group B. Right. And then I'll tell you how much that cost you. It cost you X number of dollars to mail these people. How do you like your ROI? Yeah, 300%, on, right? EBITDA. And, and they go, I guess we should keep mailing that. And I'm like, yeah, so let's do it with the other, you know, 50% that we yeah. didn't mail to. And if you have a doubting boss one time down the road who goes, why are you spending this money on the postcard? Well, then just take 50%. Don't do it for another couple, three months. Sure. That's then, what Guitar Center did that over and over. Six times in six years. They they did huge 30,000 uh, holdout tests and stuff. And yeah. we always won by a mile, you know, 300% ROI or better. And... And, and, you know, the funny part is, is that if you try to do the other any way you want, try to hold out LinkedIn or try to hold out Facebook or try to hold out Darn or anything, you won't hardly see any effect. And so that's why I argue that mail is a good foundation to find out something for sure because of the engagement, because it's such a high-level engagement. And then you iterate it. You know, then you say, well, you know, we can test offers, too. You know, half of them one and half of them the other. You know, we were doing it live um, for e-commerce uh, for a number for a number of them. I've done them live until they settle down. They don't need very much. But uh, no, right. Sometimes you can. We would we would do like uh, every third card we were doing digitally would get a different offer. Right. And and within two weeks, you know which one is the right one, right? And, right. And then you move on, and everyone settles down. But you know, if they ever want to come back and go, hey, let's test another offer, it's like okay. Five percent, ten percent, twenty percent, free shipping. What's the what's the offer? Let's put them on. Every fourth card will get a different offer, and pretty soon you'll know which one people are accepting on based on who buys or what promo code they click or whatever. It's you can you can if, if postcards are and and mailers are digital and fast and furious these days, sort of like triggered. I find that you know that one of the one of the most powerful things that the internet did for us is allow us to have triggered like. I'm sending you this now. I'm placing right. the ad of the Toyota truck on your browser now because you just 
search Toyota for a truck or you'll try and watch something on YouTube and now you're seeing Toyota trucks before your music videos. Okay, I get that. That's the beautiful thing about right. digital. That's so now. But now you can do it with, with mail if you just plan and not think of it as like quarterly mailings or something. Quarterly right. mailings right. can't seize that. Right. And there's a combination. And I would argue that any digital... Oh, combination for sure. Yeah. you got to do a little of both. But you would be missing opportunities if you don't kind of look at the now. Since you've already oh, realized yeah. and proven that that works in digital, why wouldn't you try and do it in print? Oh, sure. I agree. Um, you know, the hardest part with that is is whenever I try it, I, you need, you know, you need 100,000 visitors in a fairly short window just to... Because it whittles itself down to two or 3,000 without much trouble you know yeah because they have to have an opt-in on something on netflix or somewhere uh a lot of times people want to want to limit it to that and you know the bounce rate is 50 percent so you've got you lost half and then you've lost half you know you're down to 25 already before you even have any conditions on it you know and you say well they should have hung around for at least 30 seconds or something oh okay and then now you lost half again Right. I mean, you know, it go it whittles down pretty fast. And then, you know, you have to then you have to look them up and see if you can find them and you don't find them. Yeah. So, you know what, I, I all of that has to do with what, what I call the, the acquisition goal. Right. Right. And and so what I focus my business on is loyalty and retention. Yeah. And, and, and that's where mail is really do, good. I can't really compete with digital on acquisition. Right. Good. It's, unless I do like big, massive you know, every door direct mail kind of local, you know, for right. Burger King and that kind of stuff. That's acquisition and whatever. But if you're if you've already got an existing person buying your furniture from your site or sporting a goods equipment like Cabela's, you know, they probably do uh, things like abandoned shopping cart or other triggered right, right. email. Right. Yeah. And they have they have an email service provider. They're very trusted. They tie their their website to this email service provider and, right. and they send emails out every day. And and it works because, you know, 40 or 50% of the people open those emails and 10% of those close the deal. But the other 50% never see the email. Right. And I can send a postcard to Cabela's. If they send me the data before eight in the morning, I'm sending that postcard with either guns or fishing rods or clothing or whatever pictures on it, yeah. printed digitally into the U.S. post office six hours later. Right. And let me tell you, they will see huge have, revenue. Have you tried abandoning a shopping cart on Cabela's and see if they, they do it? Basically, in the same way as email service providers link to get data every day and do stuff, we link up either through an API or a flat file sure. transfer and they sure. bing, bing, bing. We can even work with the email service provider sometimes. Like we can say, okay, you're already in there grabbing this data. Just send it to us too. Makes sense. And, and that morning you're sending the emails and we're sending the postcards. How did you water. get, I want to get this question in because this is the way we used to start all of our conversations at, you know, at the DMA shows back yep. in the, back in the eighties was how did you get started in this? Because in those days, there were no courses, and nowadays, there aren't either. So the very first label I ever put on anything was when I was 14 years old. My dad was helping launch Scholastic Books in Canada. Okay. It's a U.S. company that sends books to schools. Sure. The teachers would bring the 
catalogs to their students. The students would order books. The teachers would get rewarded sure. for sharing the catalogs. Everyone's familiar with scholastic books if they went to public school. So essentially scholastic books was an easy early version of Amazon, right? Like it had a whole bunch of books on offer and you could get them shipped right to you really right. quickly, check them off on the flyer and go. They had a huge computer. I used to just marvel at it when I was a teenager. <laughs> You know, because they had every school in Canada times the number of teachers, times the number of classes, times the number of languages, times the number of books they ordered for every month of the year. In, in 1978, that was a lot of data to be keeping. Yeah. And changing it and updating it every every week or every month as you filled orders. So I saw labels. I saw data. I saw flyers going out every month to in, initiate action coming back building a business that you know paid my dad and then i got a job there as a kid and and i went off to school did a little computer science a little bit of this and that at all you know languages and all kinds of, i came back and my dad said you want to work with me for six weeks and uh 18 years later my dad retired <laughs> and, and all that time we, we we just kept doing things that were related to um labels and print and data and marketing that's it that's the story and i, I haven't been able to kick the habit you know, I, I think the problem is, is that in, in digital marketing, the person who runs the campaign, because of the simplicity of dashboards and stuff, runs the tests, executes it, sees the results, and makes the changes, and doesn't have to have a third party like buy the print, who's another expert. And And so by doing that, they uh, they can measure it. They absolutely want to measure it. But when they go to direct mail, they, they go downstream to a print person who knows nothing about the measurements, results, and success mean. And they get they get such a divide between what their actual way of working is that they're used to, that instant feedback almost hourly, uh, interest. And on top of that, the print buyer doesn't know what the frick they're doing. And right. they're also at a loss to be able to help the poor digital guy. Right. We got a problem when we sell print and direct mail to the print department. I agree. In fact, that's basically my mission is to sell, is to explain direct marketing to printers because they don't know what it's about. You know, and the USP earlier that resonated with me, which is trying to change people change people's attitude about stuff and it may be hard because they're already like I think you know it's one thing to change to change printers attitudes um, include digital marketers who are like oh well if you just made it easier for me or you know I would buy more of this stuff if it works if I can measure it and make it work I'll find the right partners to do that so I hope you enjoyed that interview with Steve Falk uh, it sounds like he's got a great print operation and he can work with U.S. companies uh, or Canadian ones. Obviously, he's in Canada. He's up by Toronto. But he can drop it in the USPS stream as well. Uh, so like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>